Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My esteemed co-host for the last nine years, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, uh, is here with us and joining us in just a second. You know, between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. And what we're always looking for is what are those cutting-edge, simple things that you can do to make both you better and your team better. And we always have uh, great folks that are of interest to both Kathy and I and our research and what we do. And today we're really excited to talk about physician uh, burnout. We have Dr. Naeem El-Aswad with us, and we have a series of questions that we're going to ask him. And let me give you a little bit of background. Um, Dr. El-Aswad is an American board uh, certified in internal medicine. He has specialized in internal medicine and emergency medicine for over the last 15 years. He practices both disciplines in Houston, Texas, and he's been involved in the care and wellness of patients, but also has been very active in teaching and training other healthcare workers, including physicians, paramedic personnel, and, and nurses. He is the uh, co-founder of Vital Signs, Vital Skills, where he is a chief medical officer. Uh, and this is a company that uh, he's involved with his uh, his wife, uh, Zena Gusad. Swad, who has a Ph.D. in uh, counseling and behavior science, and also myself. We've done a, a fair amount of work together, and it's, be, it's really great to be able to share some of this work with uh, the, the world in regards to really the epidemic of burnout with physicians. He is currently developing programs that target physicians' well-being, has focused much of his experience in the medical field on the science of medicine, but perhaps more importantly, the art of medicine. He has lectured throughout the United States to students, residents, and attendings. And his passion, and you'll hear it, and his mission is to help develop the best possible physician-patient relationships, which he believes is still and always will be the basis and the nature and the driving force of the medical field. So he's a very dedicated uh, physician that you'll hear, the passion, but really to address this uh, epidemic that we have about the people who care for us uh, being able to be at their best. And I'm going to say a a word or two about Kathy and then bring her on. So all of us who have been listening really to us for the last nine years on Leadership Development News know Dr. Kathy Greenberg. She coaches leading executives and entire companies on her proven work uh, life strategies based on positive psychology and the new science of courage. She's been named the first lady of happiness. When you hear her, you can hear how happy she typically always is. She's authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness, including the New York Times bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know, now in a dozen languages. She touches millions as an in-demand speaker and uh, TV radio personality. Lately, she's been focusing on uh, special operations, uh, sports athletes, global executives, with her latest, newest, top-ranked book, Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus, developed on Amazon. It's supported by an integrated software platform where you can go on and you can take a, an assessment and see where you are about uh, being a fearless leader. And her and her team of working warriors, who are many of them are special operations uh, coaches, um, are able to provide this work really all over the world. And to, if you want more information about Kathy and her group, fearlessleadersquiz.com, and you can take the quiz. So, Kathy, welcome. Thank you, Relly. It's going to be a fantastic show for a number of reasons, primarily because we both have a deep affinity, and I certainly have a deep affection for Naeem Alzawad and his lovely wife, Zena. Uh, we have all been great great friends and colleagues for a a long, long time, and uh, Naeem is a very special human being. He's not only uh, one of the most accomplished physicians 
uh, in his field, he is one of the most emotionally intelligent uh, and socially cognizant providers that I have ever met. He is just a love, and I am so excited to have both of you with us today. So it's going to be a fascinating experience. You know, before we bring Naeem on, I just want to make sure that everyone who's listening really understands who you are, really. As, uh, as you said, we're going into nine years of doing this show together. We're in 27 countries, 126 cities. We get about 350,000 downloads. Uh, life could not be better. I think we're the number two ranked show in the nation on the Voice America Network, on uh, Business Talk Radio. And a lot of that is due to the wonderful energy uh, that you bring to the show as well. So let me just introduce my dear friend and co-host, Dr. Relly Nadler. You know, Relly is a master-level certified executive coach, psychologist, corporate leadership, and team trainer. And Relly brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and, of course, development programs, no matter where he goes. Uh, Relly's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides everyone and anyone who is willing to read or pull down his app hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries, including yours. And his Leadership Keys field guide is available on Amazon as a book and an e-book. And his free iApp, okay, called Leadership Keys, is sitting there waiting for you right now. You can download it with one little click, and it's got videos and wonderful tools and tips to be your best. He has a popular blog on psychology today. It's no surprise he's got over 132,000 reads, and I'm sure that's grown since the last time we looked at the data. But uh, certainly check in on that to measure your EQ, your emotional quotient, and get free resources from him. You can go to E I. Central. Okay, let me say that again. EI Central. Text EI Central to 38470. Again, text EI Central to 38470 or visit him at truenorthleadership.com. Uh, Relly, this is going to be such a fun time. The three of us together yeah. on one call is going to be more than I can possibly bear. So, um, you know, without further ado, Naeem, welcome to the show. Thank you both. Um, you know, with all that lovely introduction, I you set the bar up way too high. <laughs> and, um, it's it's an honor and a privilege to be here. I want to thank you both for the opportunity. I have learned so much from both of you, and you are very, very dear friends to me. And you have provided me with opportunities and a different outlook on life that I have cherished and I use in the care of my patients and in the delivery of our message, if you will. So thank you so much for this opportunity. I am privileged and humbled. Well, we're really ha- happy to have you, Naeem. And as, as, as Zaina, your lovely wife, was said, she kind of pulled your arms and kind of compelled you to take the EQI. We're going to get a little bit of your kind of background here of EQI. Compelled. I and, think she had to tie him down. <laughs> but once tied down, um, you are such an advocate for physicians you know, around having emotional intelligence. So let's, we have a series of questions that we want to ask you, um, and it will be a lively conversation as you hear now. But so who are some of the people who have kind of influenced you most in your life, maybe one as kind of who you are as a, as a leader, uh, but then also as a physician? Well, I would say that, um, you know, in, in, in college, um, we we studied a lot of uh, civilizations. So the first person that's really struck me was Socrates. I know he's a great philosopher, but he struck me time and time again because of his two words, know thyself. And I figured, you know, I mean, everything starts with knowing who we truly are. And that revelation came from that point, but I didn't even know how strong that would be until, you know, 10, 15 years later when I was introduced to EQ and we had talked about this, but... So this was one person who had affected me. His other, the other reason why he had affected me is because he was doubting, questioning everything, and really trying to understand the source of information and where it comes. Um, my faith also has helped me navigate a lot of the uh, issues as a physician and as a human being. And then in my um, 
my med school, uh, my last year, we had a physician who was 87 years old, and he was still teaching with uh, with the passion of a 22-year-old. And um, so we had to be very, very careful when we were presenting cases to him and, uh, uh, you know, about difficult patients. And we'd bring this chart that's like 3,000 pages volume, and we'd start to talk about, and then he'll stop us and say, okay, so... Tell me about the patient. As we're reading the chart, he says, no, 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 tell me about the patient. And for quite some time, we didn't understand what he meant until he finally explained that you're dealing with human beings. You're not dealing with charts and cases. And then during my training, again, that was reinforced by another physician, uh, Dr. Henry Framau. He is an infectious disease specialist. And he would, I mean, no matter how much the patient was upset or uh, afraid or, you know, uh, anxious. When Dr. Framau walks in and then he leaves, the patient is in a totally different state. So I would say these three folks, I mean, there are a lot, but these three folks and my faith have influenced me the most. Give us a little background, um, you know, where you're from and, and where you do your training and then, you know, kind of what you do now. Um, so I... Um, I, I grew up in uh, war-torn Beirut in, from 1971, 73, when the war started up until 1990. So for 17 years, there was a lot of civil war, so that taught us a lot about life and the value of it. And then I finished my medical school at the American University of Beirut in 97, and I came into Philadelphia at, and did my residency training in internal medicine, and then later on as chief medical resident at Graduate Hospital, which is part of the MC, MCP Hahnemann Drexel University. And then in 2002, I came to Texas where I started practicing internal medicine and emergency medicine and have been in the Houston area since 2009, working with MCARE and HCA and several other um, facilities, working in different emergency rooms and in different hospitals. Um, and that has given me really a um, unique perspective in seeing, I, at one time I was working at 14, 15 different hospitals and it was fascinating that no matter where I worked, the response of the healthcare professionals was the same. It doesn't matter the institute. It was just the same. And that's what got me starting to think about, you know, burnout and um, the issues that are driving us as healthcare providers um, angry or not being effective. And I was guilty of that myself on several occasions. Um, and that pretty much led me to ask a few questions. And when I met, you know, when I met Kathy through Zaina and then I met you, I started to learn more about coaching and learn more about emotional intelligence. And one thing led to the other. And here we are. Now, Naeem, when you uh, talk about what you're doing uh, and how you do what you do, it's, it's important for me to have the audience understand that you have also a very strong entrepreneurial mind. Uh, I know right now you are into physician burnout and well-being and the whole coaching aspect, uh, but could you just provide us uh, with a, a thumbnail sketch of some of the innovative teaching techniques that you have uh, that you have used in the past because you know that burnout... Uh, and well-being are so important, uh, having hands-on experiences are also very important. Can you talk a little bit about that, that entrepreneurial mindset that you've used for training other physicians? Um, well, the, the issue was with me, you know, as physicians or healthcare providers, we are taught to be data-driven and then to come up with a diagnosis and then come up with a solution. So, But it all starts with identifying the problem. So by first trying to understand what was going on with me and then realizing that this was, like Larry said, an epidemic because everywhere you see, and you know, we'll state a few of the data or statistics. So I, I noticed the problem, but I didn't know how to define it. And I, I liken this approach to back in 1984 when we started to notice you know, that there's a disease which we later called HIV, but at the point it was presenting with two manifestations which we called Kaposi sarcoma and pneumocystis kirini, and we didn't have a name for the disease, yet we saw its symptoms. So we tried to go back to the source, and in my approach, it, it was the same thing. It's like, okay, so I, now that I've 
identified what we're dealing with through research. Let me try to go back and say, uh, why are we dealing with this? And as I tried to go back, I realized more and more, and like I said, I use myself as an example, that um, whatever is causing us to get to this point is because of our training, is because of the reality of uh, how we train and where we train and, and how we practice medicine. And I wanted to bring that reality and that revelation, if you will, to everybody around. Say, hey, you know what? This is why we are here because of everything that happened before and because of the reality of where, you, uh, where we are. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. And I think it helps set the stage for why you would be interested in coaching and the importance of bringing more of, of that thinking to your industry. Don't go away. We're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Leadership Development News. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Naeem Eliswad. One of the co-founders of uh, Vital Signs, Vital Skills. You can get more information about Vital Signs, Vital Skills at www.vitalsignsvitalskills. And uh, Naeem, we were just talking about how we just, you know, finished doing a program for physicians, um, 
in regards of integrating the, the information about burnout, about why emotional intelligence is, help, is helpful, why wellness is helpful. But if you can kind of backtrack a bit and just, you know, tell us about burnout and kind of what you've noticed ab- about that. Okay, sure. Um, you know, the, the reason why, the, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, if you said physician burnout, you would probably have maybe one article. About 10 years ago, if you started to talk about physician burnout, then you may have maybe 10, 15, 20 articles. Now, if you type in physician burnout and you Google it or you search it through the medical literature, you can have thousands of articles. So there's a realization right now that there is a humongous problem, and that problem is physician burnout. And the reason there's this problem uh, the reason it's taking center stage, so to speak, and you'll have a lot of uh, information out there about it, is because physician burnout is a unique disease that affects both physician and patient. So we measure outcomes in medicine uh, through something we call morbidity and mortality. How well did the patient do health-wise? And then uh, death is another parameter. So in this disease, it has high morbidity mortality on physicians and patients alike. And... Um, so in, in looking at the data and looking at the research, what we have found so far is really alarming. Um, once screened, we found out that half of the physicians, 50% of the physician workforce is burnt out. And um, so one out of every two physicians is, is burnt out. And that's the average. There are some disciplines that where you can get up to 70% are burnt out. And, of course, some disciplines are 40% burnt out. And then the other thing that we have noticed is that, on average, when you try to assess uh, burnout, and if zero is least burnout, five is the most burnt out, on average, physicians are burnt out at a level of 4.2 out of five. So in our approach, we liken uh, burnout to a malignancy because it really grows. It needs time, which burnout needs. It also has cumulative effect. And... Um, it, it's uh, dependent on environmental and genetic factors. So by the time the physicians realize that they are burnt out, they are, it's sometimes too late, and they have affected themselves and affected uh, their patients. So much so that you know, um, burnout is so rampant that you will have every discipline now trying to identify, quantify um, the amount of burnout it, it has. And it, just, it starts at the level of the medical stu- students, continues into residency, and then, of course, as practicing physicians. The peak, I guess, would be in the fourth or fifth decade, and uh, then it starts to taper down. Um, so with all of that, you know, it's like, okay, so physicians are burnt out. The consequences of burnout are tremendous because you will have not only the leads physicians to depression and anxiety and alcoholism and uh, drugs, it is also the leading cause of suicide among physicians. Over 400 physicians commit suicide every year because of burnout. I mean, that's a tremendous amount. You're not talking about five or 10, 400. At one point last year, there was a residency program where two residents committed suicide uh, because of burnout. And then um, what that leads the physicians to do is become less focused. They become... um, you know, more angry, and um, they become, they make more mistakes, they listen less to people, uh, they become more detached, and that leads to a uh, spike in medical errors, that leads to a spike in uh, the de- decline of the quality of medical care, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, so the consequences are dire on patients. And Naeem, let for, me ask you a question. You're talking about the consequences what are some of the traits of burnout? Because when you're talking, um, you know, it's very similar to what we get in the special operations community. You know, very similar. You get high suicide. You get high rates of depression uh, that are off, uh, if you will, kind of um, offloaded through alcoholism, um, you know, long bouts of of being alone, uh, looking for opportunity to sequester themselves, not be social. Uh, They also lose empathy. Can you talk a little bit about what are some of the key characteristics that you have qualified to be pre-burnout types of, of behaviors and traits? Um, sure. In order for me to answer that question, let me emphasize first that, you know, at the at the DNA level, burnout, people have to understand that burnout is a disease primarily of emotions. So it's, it's um, 
So at the, at the DNA level, at the, what we call the genotype level, it is a disease that affects our emotions, which means it affects our coping abilities, our resiliency, our ability to reach out to people, our ability to connect. And the manifestations of burnout are physical, are mental, are emotional, are psychosocial. So <clears throat> when we have, when it, the physicians are in a high stress situation, and you know, we are, the physicians are nurses uh, or paramedical people, but specifically, I'm talking about physicians now. They are in a high-stress situation um, most of the time. They have very little to no margin of error, which puts them at high risk for burnout. Because anytime you're under stress, I mean, people can take stress for a short period of time, and then they have to unwind, relax. With a physician, if I walk you through the life of the physician, they wake up early in the morning, whether it's a surgeon or critical care or emergency room, they get to interact with their patients, and you're dealing with life and death every day. And you know that if you make a simple mistake or a small mistake, that you can actually, you know, either uh, lead to somebody's death or somebody's um, increase somebody's sickness or illness or make them disabled. So you have no margin of error, and then um, you have that responsibility on your on your shoulders, and you have to do this every day um, without without rest, fourteen, fifteen hours. And when you do that. I mean, how do people usually recharge? They recharge by going home, by unwinding, like you said, by connecting with people. So if we're working 15, 16 hours a day, we go home, we hardly see the family, we hardly connect with our kids, we barely sleep, we don't have time to exercise, and then we come back, we have to do it again, over and over and over again. There's a limited capacity to what we can do. And ultimately, that leads to burnout. So uh, from a physician's standpoint, the expression is, so I'm getting more angry. I'm getting more, uh, more cranky. I am viewing patients as objects rather than human beings. Um, I am explosive. I lose focus. We talk about this, that our uh, cognitive ability decreases by about, if you measure it through IQ, by about you know anywhere up to 15 points. Um, I lose my technical skills. So if I'm a surgeon, I'm burnt out, I am more, uh, go, I'm going to make a mistake in the OR. Um, I lose the ability, to, I lose empathy, which means I can't listen to the patient, I can't connect to the patient. You know, on average, I'll give you an example. Of those burnt out, 93% of physicians don't want to hear their patients, so actually 7% of the physicians will Say listen. Say that again? Want, 93% of burnt out physicians don't want to hear their patients, they don't want to hear the history. And history and physical exam is 85% of our diagnosis. So if I'm a patient and... A physician walks in, and that physician is 50%, has a 50% chance of being burnt out. People are doing the math. 93% of burnt out physicians don't want to listen to their patients. So of those 7% who want to listen, they will interrupt their patient after about 18 seconds. And then once the patient is interrupted, 98% of patients will not talk more about their history or about their disease. So if you're following, one out of 51 patients will continue the story, and 7% of physicians will actually ask, and then they will interrupt after 18 seconds. It's a devastating disease. And so, what's, what's, so the, the physician, this came clear when we talked last week, is missing critical information uh, that they really need to make a diagnosis. And, and I think one of the things that we talk about, you know, when you talk, well, it was shocking for me, and I, and I know for you, was the third leading cause of death behind heart disease and cancer is preventable medical errors you know, to the tune of 440,000 uh, a year. And so that's the shocking stuff that I think, you know, obviously gets everybody, you know, Say that again, interested. really. What's that? Say that again about prevention. Yeah, so, um, well, oh, so basically what I was saying, if, if it was a stat, the third leading cause of death is preventable medical errors, 440,000 a year. So that's why with vital signs, vital skills, just like Naeem saying, vital signs, he's going through the signs, and then we're coming in on the back end around vital skills to, you know, help these folks. And you said it, Kathy, the same thing came up last week, very similar to the folks on the front line in special forces and our armed services. You know, the physicians are, are always on. Um, and so maybe say a little bit, uh, Naeem, about... Um, What's been the you know the reception, you know, perception and reception of uh, physicians in regards to this? You know, is it oh, relief yeah. or they don't have time for this? You know, as 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 uh, we come in with these interventions. 
Well, you have to understand also that from a physician's standpoint, burnout A is a foreign concept to be defined initially because the problem of burnout, one of the main problems of burnout is that people don't want to identify with it. Mm-hmm. They also have, so when I'm giving, say, for example, a presentation uh, about burnout, when I, before I start my presentation, I said, okay, so how many people are burnt out or know someone who's burnt out? So out of 100 people, I'll have two or three raise their hands. And then by the time I'm done with the presentation, I ask the same question, and you'll get 40 to 50 people raise their hand. Mm-hmm. Now, so the initial response is block. It's like, nope, this doesn't happen to us, or it can't happen to us, and I am not burnt out. But then there is um, a reluctance to accept, and then finally there is acceptance, and then ultimately people are encouraged to uh, do something about it. So, um, the, and again, because it's a disease of emotions, all, uh, physicians are trained not to be in touch with their emotions uh, so that they are able to continue focusing. So if I'm an emergency room physician and I see a sad presentation, um, you know, of a child who is in trouble or just passed away, I mean, that's to any human being, that's really hard on us. And then we come out of that room and all those feelings have to be put aside so I can go into the other room and deal with the other patient. Right. But, um, you know, as Reddy says, emotions are not biodegradable. So these things we hold in, we hold in, we hold in, and ultimately they will affect us. And then we become this, you know, this upset, this sad, this angry right. uh, person, um, and we really don't know why. And in our training, we are not, uh, we're not trained to know this. That's why a huge part of the approach to burnout is to take the physician and explore with them the fact that, you know what, the, and this is what I call the profession trained or taught, sorry, is not the profession um, that is practiced. So what we are taught as physician has nothing to do with being able to cope with what we face as practicing physicians. And so in there lies the problem, and this is our approach to saying, okay, you know what, let's go back to the beginning. And so when we have given the workshops, when we have given the presentations, it is an aha moment to a lot of people because now we just gave it a name of what they're going through, and not only did we give it a name, we gave it uh, a validity by saying, you know what, more than half of us go through this. There's scientific data that's behind it. So now I'm not alienated. I don't feel shame and fear that, you know, I'm weak amongst my colleagues. And that's one of the main reasons why people don't speak about burnout. And not only have we identified it, because that's what people love to do in the medical field and give algorithms, we also have given it uh, a, a, um, a definition. We've given it structure. And then we have given a, 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 an approach to it and how to resolve it, if you will, and how to protect against it. And this is something that physicians absolutely can identify with. Yeah, and Naeem, as you're, you know, as you're talking about this, it's very relatable. Um, if you think about the extent to which not only sports athletes, parents, especially single parents, uh, single mothers with small children, uh, you know, professional, um, I'll just say professional industry leaders who are always out there on the cutting edge, uh, also, you know, we've already stated special operators, uh, law enforcement professionals. When, when you do this analysis, uh, and I've sat in on similar workshops in other hospital settings, uh, well, I, when I was on the board of Cancer Treatment Centers of America, we would, we would run similar workshops. Um, when you do this work and you're asking people to talk about, uh, their, you know, their burnout, um, from an emotional, physical, mental well-being level, how, how are you getting them to assess themselves other than listening to a presentation and then being willing to raise their hand at the end? That's, that's very important. Um, well, it, it is. And, you know, initially, um, one of the things, like I said, this is a society or a community I mean, I would liken it, you know, of course, the special forces, who amongst the special forces is going to say, you know what, I'm burnt out, I can't do this. So there's, there is that stigma of you're weak, and <clears throat> if you can't cut it, then you should be out of this profession. Um, and this is the difficult part. You know, um, burnout is highest among all professions among physicians. So they have the highest uh, percentage of burnout, and it's not a coincidence that physicians have, on average, the highest IQ among professions, but also have the lowest EQ among professions. So 
the process is we personalize it, or at least I personalize it to everybody. Um, the fact that I'm a physician talking to them about this, and then I give them personal experiences, saying, you know what, I've, I've been through this, I've done that, it, and then understanding that you know half of us, half of the workforce, is burnt out, then they feel you know part of oh okay, well you know what this hey if half of us are burnt out, I might as well share my story because it's not like only two percent, and so it brings it home. And then when we give real life examples of how physicians treat their patients, it's a, it's really amazing because I give the example I say you know there's a doctor X that treated the family this way or treated the patient this way and did this. And can you believe that? And then I would see people looking at each other and then looking within themselves because we've all been Dr. X. We've all done this. And then when you put it out there, they kind of identify, yeah, you know what? That was not why we went into medicine. So we bring the values back in. We bring reality back in and we show how they don't mix. And then people come to the realization that, oh my, I'm doing these things. This is me. Right. And it lets the guard yeah. down, and then we have a very nice conversation. And so why has why some of this training been missing in such a field where, I mean, you've given some good information out there, the highest level of, if you will, intellect and, and intelligence. Uh, we know uh, those doctors who are the ones that are being sued the most are the ones who touch the least and have the least empathy. So with, with so much data coming at us, why is this training missing from the core of everything from medical school to uh, premier physicians in, in major facilities? Um, go back with me to, say, I would go, uh, to 2,500 years ago of how medicine was taught, was taught in the first place and then move forward to now and... Um, you know, that's a question that can be answered, but it's going to take like a few minutes for me to, to walk you through. But it's it's there, and then you can't teach what you don't know. So in the medical system right now, since there was no knowledge of burnout, now we're trying to catch up, and we're trying to make changes accordingly. Well, you know what? Why don't you hold that thought? We're going to be right back, so don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. 
listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with the Chief Medical Officer of Vital Signs, Vital Skills. You can find out more information at that website, www.vitalsignsvitalskills. Uh, Dr. Naeem El-Aswad. And Kathy would mention something about getting people's attention in the, in the uh, training. And we often talk about neuroscience, and Kathy, you're familiar when we talk about the amygdala hijack. And uh, Naeem, we've said this to physicians who are typically in the top 1%, and sometimes we get their attention, because you talked about the loss of IQ points, we get their attention that you are no longer the smartest person in the room if you're hijacked, meaning that your amygdala is taking over your prefrontal cortex and and some of your executive functioning goes out the door. Um, Maybe just say a word about, you know, kind of how that resonates with folks, because we want to be data-oriented, and then we want to talk about some of the programs and what administrators and program directors can do. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And we talk about the amygdala hijack all the time uh, vis-a-vis the, uh, another term we use, which is, you know, I'm borrowing it from you, which is mastering the moment. And at the moment where the physician interacts with a patient or a colleague or a nurse or, uh, you know, their CEO or director, it's how is that physician carrying him or herself and what's their message, whether it's through empathy and so on and so forth. So with all of the burnout and all of the stress that comes from burnout, um, we get to a point where we are not ourselves. So we get hijacked and we start doing things that are um, not personality-wise, that's not who we are, and profession-wise, that's not who we are. So we do end up getting to that point, and then we are not thinking, as we say, we're not thinking clear. And once you're hijacked, as you know, everybody's been hijacked at some point, you do know that you are not uh, functioning at your top level and you are going to make more mistakes, and you become less empathetic, and then you become angry, and all the things we talked about lead to a horrible relationship between the physician and the patient, and then the physician and everybody else who he interacts with or she interacts with, to the point of you now you have problem physicians, you have problem scenarios, and you have to have interventions to kind of figure out what's going on and why is this happening. And the more burnt out you are, the more hijacked you become, and with the more hijacked you become, the more the problems that we have talked about. And it's everything that leads to that moment. So if we're not in touch with ourselves, if we don't understand and realize where we are, we are at risk of being a victim of our circumstances. And that's why surgeons call themselves second victims of their own profession. So our profession takes a hold of us as opposed to the other way around. You know, one of the things I am, uh, because I'm obviously very excited about the work we're doing, I talked with a psychiatrist just the other day. He had another term that we may have to use uh, that he talks about when the when you get hijacked, pseudo-dementia. And so oh, nice. it's kind of mask, you know, it's not real dementia, but it's, it looks like dementia because all of a sudden you don't have all your facilities. So I guess the question for me, you know, having been on the board of Cancer Treatment Centers of America for for several years and uh, supporting that organization nationally, knowing how important it is in a, you know, in a facility that's dealing with uh, terminal illness and ongoing uh, illness issues related to, you know, very serious diseases, you have physicians that are working very, very hard to do a job that is very important. How, how can directors, CEOs of hospitals, uh, hospital administration support this entire program that you're talking about, Naeem? What, what can we do differently in those systems? Um, it, this, was a, this is a great question. And I, you know, I, I found when I asked CEOs the same question, that the problem lies, A, in that they don't know about the problem, and B, that they don't know really its effect. So the first thing is we have to increase awareness. And second, if I'm the CEO and I have a hospital full of physicians and my physicians are burnt out, you have to remember that hospitals, you know, they get, they're here to provide excellent care. And you can't provide excellent care if your physician or workforce is burnt out. 
So your leaders and physicians are leaders by nature. They lead the the uh, clinic, they lead the OR, they lead the uh, care team, um, and that's why everybody looks at the physician to to take their cues from them. So if your physicians are burnt out, not only are they not going to perform at an optimal level, they are going to make make and commit more mistakes. And then since hospitals. Um, uh, get paid uh, by way of physician performance. Their their you know their uh, payments decrease, physician reimbursement decreases, and then when you have that, you have more turnover as far as personnel, whether it's the nurses or the physicians. And if you are working in what we call a toxic environment, because you have to remember that burnout is contagious, and that's another facet of this disease that is really horrendous. So if you walk into an environment that is toxic, you are going to underperform. And then it's just it, it just goes from one department to the other department to the other department. So if I'm a CEO and I want to optimize my, uh, my hospital, I have to optimize my workforce. And not only do I have to streamline everything else that works, I have to optimize my workforce. I have to make my workforce less burnt out. I have to make them more efficient. It costs, on average, about $250,000 to recruit a physician for uh, an ICU, whereas it would cost about five or $10,000 to retain them. I mean, so it, mm. it not only is it cost-effective from a pharmacy CEO, and I'm looking at the bottom number, but if I'm a leader and I'm looking at my people, and then if my people are happy, if my people are accomplished, they are not burnt out, I'm going to get the excellent care that, and you don't have to coach people to do so. It's within our nature. This is why we went into the healthcare profession in the first place. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we end up talking about, which is so true, is, is focusing on the values, Kathy, and focusing on who they are, what, what was it that brought them into uh, medicine. And there have been you know, many moments, you know, this incredibly dedicated group, many moments that they've experienced that, but how can they, the goal is this idea of in the moment, how can they bring some of that, those values into the patient room and kind of remind them. And so a lot of it is around self-awareness, self-control. What, Naeem, what are you noticing with program directors, you know, with their interest in this? Um, it's gaining interest. I mean, so much so that they, the, their focus right now is on wellness, and then there's going to be a new focus on emotional intelligence. But the focus on wellness is because wellness protects against burnout. It's as simple as that. And then the focus also is on work-life balance. And we haven't gone into how we're treating burnout or how we're uh, you know, uh, attacking burnout, so to speak. So very briefly... The ability to combat burnout starts first with, you know, trying to prevent it. And preventing it means living well. Um, and wellness, as you uh, both know, is along six facets where you're talking social, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial. So people have to be well, and then they have to have a work-life balance. And this is what we try to teach physicians and leaders, CEOs, and so on and so forth, uh, how to provide that wellness or the opportunity for that balance. And once you are well, you are much, and studies have shown, you are much less prone to be burnt out. And then we come in with the emotional intelligence part and say, and we use the, the term optics because EI allows us to know ourselves and um, uh, identify our own problem and then manage ourselves. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but then it also allows us at the moment of interaction with the patient to understand the patient, see the patient, and then manage the patient, whether it's their expectations or their disease. So if I'm burnt out, I, my, my EQ is very low, my ability to connect within my own self is bad, and I cannot manage my problems or my own self, and then how am I supposed to understand the patient in front of me and then manage the patient in front of me? And one of the things that gets lost is empathy, and empathy really means I feel pain with you or I feel everything with you. And if I'm not in touch with myself, I can't feel anything with anybody. Well, I'll tell you the other big issue there, Naeem, and when at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, this is a big issue because we put all of our top physicians through the emotional <laughs> intelligence assessment, in fact, using the EQI. And I'll tell you the three big things that go when one is not managing themselves, reality checking, impulse control, and stress tolerance. And you do not want a physician that has low reality checking, right? Or la- lack of uh, impulse control, or yeah. I mean, all of what you said, because who wants a physician who is not in control or in command? Oh, I mean, absolutely. But you know, it. just think about that, though. Of those three things, those three traits, reality and, checking uh, is the scariest absolutely. one of all for me. 
Absolutely. And when we, when we assess the physicians, you know, um, they all say the same thing, whether it's the flexibility or empathy or reality testing, like we don't see things the way they are or we understand them. And then it is assertiveness, for example. It's the way we communicate with patients. All of this comes into play. Uh-huh. And, and as, as human beings and then as professionals and ultimately as leaders, um, then we are failing ourselves and our patients throughout. And we, we are better than this. And the responsibility, you know, talking to American College of Physicians, the American Medical Association or the National Academy of Sciences or the ACGME or the American Hospital Medica- um, the Army uh, Association for Hospital Medical Education, they all say the same thing. The treatment or the approach has to be on a personal level, but also has to be on an organizational level. So if I'm a CEO or I'm a manager, I need to make my environment less toxic to my uh, working uh, group. And as a physician, I need to be less toxic because everybody else is taking their cue from me. And I have to be less toxic as a human being, and I have to be more productive to my patients. That's who I took the oath for. You know, an integral part of a physician's oath is whenever a physician cannot do good, he must be kept from doing harm. And by the definition of burnout, half of us shouldn't be even practicing medicine. So we owe it to ourselves as human beings. We owe it to our families. We owe it to our patients. We owe it to our profession. We owe it to our oath that we need to make ourselves better than where we are. We need to identify the problem, and we need to do something about it. And thankfully, it's, you know, it, it may be moving at the rate of, at, the, you know, at the speed of molasses, but it is moving. Mm-hmm. And the more and more we talk about this with physicians and leaders, the more and more we're getting responses that, yes, we are identifying, and we definitely need to do something about it. And this show is one example, and I am very thankful for it. Well, you we know, are so thankful for you, and it's uh, it's a privilege uh, to have this conversation with you, to share this information with our audience, and I know uh, Relly has truly enjoyed the experience, and uh, thank you for, for taking the time to be with us today. I'm very And we promise, we promise to do no harm. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to say that. <laughs> the, you've been listening to Leadership Development News. For more information about... Dr. Errol Swad, uh, vital signs, vital skills to raise the signs of your burnout and then the skills to be able to prevent that. This is Leadership Development News. Continue to tune in to tune up your performance. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.